post-mock draft, the first post-NFL draft rookie mock draft. It's going to be 48 rounds. I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, joined by John Lobb, the Gridiron Scholar, and Matt Cooper. Gentlemen, we have landing spots. We have chaos. We are confused. We are scared, but we are going to draft. Um, John, at least there is no being scared of the first pick, right? Things only got better unless you're really going to turn this thing upside down to start. No, there's no doubt. Bijan Robinson to the moon. There's no one even close in this draft. Like the, the schism between Bijan Robinson and I'm talking all players, I think is just incredibly massive. I have them right now. I did my projections for just like the top six players. I have him for 1,400 yards from scrimmage and 13 touchdowns. And, and that's with like 42 receptions. It's a no-brainer, Bijan Robinson. Yeah, he plugs into the rookie big board projections available to all patrons, patreon.com slash rookie big board. Um, and he was running back two overall right now. So you better believe he's going to be running back one in Dynasty. A pretty, a pretty easy selection here. Um, I do think there's a little bit of a decision to be made here, uh, Cooper, with this next one. I think there's probably a consensus we've landed on, but not 100% of leagues will have the same player go 102. Yeah, this is honestly a tough decision for me um, because, you know, first of all, I'm a Panthers fan. So, you know, I'm kind of tempted to just take our boy. Uh, but us and the Texans don't have any weapons for – our quarterbacks basically. And, uh, and then Richardson landed in a dream spot. So that's tempting. I think I'm going to go with my QB one pre-draft, which is CJ Stroud. Oh, I think he's got the highest floor ceiling combo here. Uh, he's a very safe pick, but he's also got a better ceiling. I think than Bryce young does. And yeah, a little concerned that his wide receiver one right now might be tank Dell, but I like yeah. the player. I'm going to make the pick. Let's go for it. All right. Well, in our pre-mock draft, our final pre-mock draft episode, which kind of mirrors this format here, you know, we talked about 102 to 104 kind of being a solid tier of, of quarterbacks. I am going to start by taking Anthony Richardson and building out that tier more. Um, with Richardson here, you, you referred to it, you know, going pre-draft, Bryce Young was my quarterback one. And actually, Anthony Richardson did leapfrog him here because the way I play fantasy football is I play it for upside. It's difficult to evaluate the quarterback position. It's the hardest one for fantasy scouts. It's the hardest one for NFL scouts, right? So for me, I'm going to lean into the upside. If I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit big, right? And that's what I'm going to get from Anthony Richardson with his dual threat ability, with that big arm. And I love the fact he landed with Shane Steichen, mm -hmm. who helped develop Jalen Hurts. I mentioned in the pre-draft episode, right? I, I wanted to be confident in the coaching staff that was developing Anthony Richardson. Uh, and I, and I am, I think that's probably the best case scenario in that sense, other than Carolina, I would have liked Carolina's coaching staff too. 
with that being said, I will go ahead. Um, so we're doing snake draft this time around. Uh, so with that being said, I will go ahead and take Bryce Young off the board next. I'm following the rookie big board here. Uh, it's shaking out pretty well for me in that way. Uh, Bryce Young, he, he's got the opportunity to distribute here. What I do like about Carolina, you mentioned they don't really have weapons. And, and the weapons aren't there yet. But I really like what the Carolina Panthers are doing in terms of you have the possession guy, Adam Thielen. You have a boundary uh, over the top guy in DJ Chark. I'm not a fan of that Jonathan Mingo pick at the price, but I do like Jonathan Mingo as, as a different physical boundary type weapon for Bryce Young. Um, and then, of course, you have wide receiver one Terrace Marshall still uh, in Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got through that one with a straight face. So Almost. there is another player uh, that, that transparently has broken into my top four, but I actually have him over CJ Stroud. So I didn't get the chance to get a little spicy with that pick. Uh, but Cooper, I'll send it back to you here for the 105. Yeah, and I'm going to take who I'm guessing that player was, which is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I absolutely love this. I mean, top 12 is a lot higher than anybody thought that he was going to go. So that in and of itself is exciting. I mean, top 15 NFL draft picks at running back basically never miss in fantasy. It's it's almost a lock. And we saw Swift get shifted out today, shipped out today. And uh, I think him and Monty complement each other well. I think you've got a little bit of a Kamara Ingram situation with a much worse Mark Ingram and David Montgomery. So uh, you don't take a guy top 12 without a plan to let him eat early and often. I see double-digit carries. I see seven to nine targets a game, PPR monster. I think this is a fantastic situation for Jameer Gibbs, so I'm all in. Yeah, what an absolute roller coaster this weekend. Just pure shock when he went top 12. Horror when we realized we had to do projections with DeAndre Swift. Elation for both Jameer Gibbs and DeAndre Swift when Swift got moved to Philadelphia. So there was a whole lot going on, but I think in terms of landing spots, it actually worked out to be a pretty ideal landing spot for Jameer Gibbs and a perfectly solid uh, new home for DeAndre Swift as well. So kind of a win-win all around there. John, before we get to your pick here with the 106, I want to remind folks that are watching on YouTube, this is the post-mock draft episode. There's a lot of chaos going on. Feel free to drop questions in the video. Feel free to drop your reactions to our picks in the video. We would be happy to help you with your rookie draft. So, you know, definitely take advantage of that uh, in, in this chaotic moment that we are sifting through here. But with that being said, John, 106, 107, you have two picks here in what I would consider to be the end of a tier. Oh, I completely agree. And if you see me looking down, I'm still watching the draft on my phone. Um, so I'm trying to find out if there's any other players going. So that's why I'm looking down quickly. I guess I had hoped Jameer Gibbs would land to me, but it makes sense that he doesn't. So I've actually, the, the wide receiver who's elevated the most, I'm going to take him first, Jordan Addison. Yeah. You, you're playing okay. against just, or you're playing across from Justin Jefferson. We've seen what Adam Thielen can do. You also have TJ Hawkinson, who safeties have to deal with. I think Addison is in a prime spot with his skill set. I've said this before. Addison is great deep. He creates a lot of deep separation. With Jefferson and Hawkinson and a veteran quarterback like Kirk Cousins, he will get open on second moves late in the progression I love him here for Minnesota. And now 
that to me is a top six, and now it can be chaos. Don't like the quarterbacks here. The NFL told us they don't like the running backs. I think we've only got like 11 or 12 running backs drafted, and we're in the middle of the sixth round or early sixth round. So I'm going to go Jackson Smith and Jigba. You're going to have to be patient. Tyler Lockett's a free agent, though. Hope hope that Tyler Lockett moves on and Jackson Smith and Jigba steps into that starting role in 2024. I'll take the newest Seahawk here at seven. Yeah, I think those are the two picks to make. I agree with you, John. Jordan Addison is also my wide receiver one. He hopped JSN. And this is why I tell everybody, you know, going into your rookie drafts, and I'm not just plugging my projections, but you have to have a set of projections to really understand fantasy value. Um, Because on paper, it's still hard for me to put Addison over JSN. But when I plug Addison into the Vikings uh, offense, it's 130 targets. Yeah, I mean. That's Garrett Wilson. That's Chris Olave. Like, you you just cannot pass on that. Uh, But I'm excited to see who Cooper cannot pass on here with the 108. (laughs) Yeah, I think those are good picks. And I still have Jason as my wide receiver one. I think the size difference between them is tough to for me to get there. But I lo- I agree with you guys. I love the landing spot. I think JSN will complement DK really, really well. And I think Lockett probably does just have one more year there. So I'm going to make the long-term thing and say I'll, I'll keep JSN wide receiver one. But here uh, at this pick, I am i don't know if this will be a surprise to you guys. I'm going Dalton Kincaid. Ooh. So, this Spicy. is uh I'm assuming this is a tight end premium because we're going super flex and you know I think he could be the Travis Kelsey for Josh Allen that he they've been looking for a number two option outside of Diggs in that offense I think Kincaid has the talent to be that guy I think they took him that high because they want Kincaid to be that guy he's got everything that you're looking for in a fantasy tight end as far as speed great ball skills, yards after the catch, route running. He, he does everything that you want. He's got the draft capital. He's got an elite offense with an elite quarterback. So, yeah, I think he's got the potential to be a huge difference maker and an advantage on your dynasty teams in tight end premium league. So I'm taking him here at 108. Yeah, and we didn't declare this draft as tight end premium, but I don't think it needs to be for Kincaid to be in play here. Uh, mm-hmm. I really think that the guys before Kincaid – are a solid tier. I do think there's at least one player who hasn't been drafted that most folks would probably put in that tier. Um, but I'm not going to draft him here because my pick was before you drafted Kincaid, I was going to go Michael Mayer because I felt like this was the point uh, of the draft where you need to lean into this strong tight end class anyway. So I know Kincaid's your tight end one. Michael Mayer is still my tight end one. I really like his projection in Las Vegas. Um, in terms of volume and, and red zone potential, you look at the, the weapons on that Las Vegas offense, and uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, small weapons on that offense. And so Michael Mayer, to me, when you get down in the end zone, it's Devontae Adams or Michael Mayer that Jimmy G will be looking for in the red zone. Uh, so I'm happy to take him here at 109. I would absolutely make this pick in my uh, Superflex leagues, even if they are not tight end premium based. Uh, The next pick here, I'm going to stick to my board. It's not a popular pick. It's going to feel like take lock, but my board still says Jalen Hyatt. And Jalen Hyatt's rating did go down for me. I'm not just locking into my pre-draft ratings, but a lot of wide receivers in this range got hit hard, right? You look at, you know, the next couple wide receivers up on my board, 
are Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnston. You know, that not exactly, you know, Zay Flowers got hit really hard as well, and I'm sure we'll circle back to Quentin Johnston. So although Jalen Hyatt didn't get the draft capital, he still landed with the New York Giants, and he's still immediately going to be the leader in targets on that offense, right? I mean, you look at Wandale Robinson. They're going to want to get him involved, but he's not a high-volume guy. Then look who else they have on that roster, Darius Slayton, uh, Isaiah Hodgkins. Um, you know, it's just it, there aren't guys to take that volume. So the question will be how many touchdowns can Jalen Hyatt get? But either way, we are very much in get-your-guy territory here at the back end of the first um, before I pass it off to Cooper, I'll, I'll point out here, this is probably the range here, uh, 109, 110. If there is somebody in your draft who wants to get up and get aggressive and move up from the second into this range, the back end mm -hmm. of the first, if you could acquire 2024 capital, I'm not normally the guy that says this, but I think this is a real um, a dead zone in terms of return on investment. So, you know, I definitely think you have the opportunity to gain some 2024 draft capital and start looking ahead to next year's draft as well. Uh, but with that being said, Cooper here, 111. I'm going to go with Zay Flowers. Yeah. This was my pre-draft wide receiver two. And um, you mentioned the landing spot. Not great. But he did get first-round draft capital. One of only 10 players, offensive players in this draft, that, that went in the first round. And there is hope there, I think, with new offensive coordinator Todd Munkin that they're going to be a little bit more pass-happy than they have been in the past. Certainly a lot of mouths to feed there with Odell, with Rashad Bateman, with Mark Andrews. So, uh, and, and Baltimore just frankly has been the kiss of death for wide receivers in general for a while now. So I don't love the landing spot, but I love the player, and I'm still keeping him above Johnston in my rankings despite Johnston getting a better landing spot than him. So flowers here. All right. That brings us up to John here, who will pick at 112 and 201. A very tough spot. Anyone who's listened to me throughout this process, I've been very low on this player, but I cannot ignore the smash position that he has landed in. I'm going Devin A-Chain. Oh, that's not where I thought wow. you were going with that setup. That's not where I thought you were going either. <laughs> I look at he's with he's with Mike McDaniel in Miami. You have on the outside Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You have now three of the fastest players at their respective um, positions on the field. I'm going for efficiency. I still don't think he's more than a 15 touch guy a game. But you know what? When you run Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill deep, Devin A. Chain's going to have a lot of room underneath. You get him out wide in that Miami offense in Mike McDaniel's run scheme. So, I, I mean, and because players have fallen. It's not that I'm in absolute love, but other players have fallen. So I'm going to take A. Chain there. Now, I wanted to reach in. I was hoping Michael Meyer would last to me, but he did not. We have a lump of wide receivers who I'm not thrilled with at all. I'm going to go the tight end and probably one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL right now. I'm going Sam Laporta. Ooh. I'm going to take him right now. I think he's a uh, second tight end off the board. He went to the Detroit lions. He's going to start. And I mean, I think they had touchdowns like six tight end touchdowns from guys who might not even be in the league next year. So give me Laporta there at number one in the second round. 
Yeah, I agree with you with A-Chain. I did not expect to like A-Chain's projection as much as I did. And I didn't have to give him a whole ton of volume, like 30% of the rushing share, 10% of the receiving share, and the numbers came out well. Uh, <laughs> Laporta came out very well also in the projections. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, how often did we have to get a, like a notification that Brock Wright was scoring a touchdown or getting a key pass last year, right? Um, so there's a lot of upside there. Uh, just if you're listening on audio platforms to run back the first round, it was Bijan, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Jordan Addison, 106, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, Devin Achain. Sam Laporta kicks off the second round for us. And Cooper, I hope you make a pick, man, because I don't want to make the pick. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm, uh. I'm taking the guy that... Uh, none of us are especially high on his film grade, but the upside and the landing spot and the draft capital, I got to go Quentin Johnston here. Oh yeah. That was the pick. Oh, that's, that was the, okay. I thought you, uh, never mind. All right. I think you're going to take him next, but I took Quentin Johnston, the chargers. You got to be patient because year one, he's got to share the field with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who are both studs. I actually love that he gets to learn from Mike Williams, who is great as a big-bodied receiver of going up and making those contested catches, which is the big concern for QJ. I think what you see on tape is he doesn't go up and get it. Mike Williams does a great job of that, so he can learn from him. Keenan Allen is getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, so I think, you know, give it a year or two. He has the potential to be the wide receiver one in that offense tied to Justin Herbert long-term. So I'll take Quinn Johnston. Yeah, I think that pick needed to be made. You know, I think um, we mentioned this pre-draft as well. Actually, it, it feels like a broken record, but nothing's really changed in the sense of, you know, where we took Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, folks are going to take Quentin Johnston, right? Um, mm-hmm. But but with that being said, guys, the first 14 picks off this uh, of this draft are really pretty much following the rookie big board. So I think we are on on point with value. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and, and take uh, one guy that I really like. I liked him pre-draft. And I think the landing spot is actually sneaky good. And that's Marvin Mims, uh, who landed with the oh, Denver Broncos. I was hoping he'd fall. Yeah, so so Marvin Mims, you know, really smooth route runner, really nice hand, separates well downfield, and we saw at the combine, really good speed too. Uh, if you plug him into the Denver offense now, you know, you can kind of play around with where guys might line up on the field. I know the uh, post-draft comments coming out of Denver are that they feel he can play anywhere on the field. So for me, you plug him into the slot to start, uh, and he could be a 75-80 target guy. But I do think Denver, uh, before we hit, you know, week one of the season, you know, between Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, somebody's going to be gone from that team, at which point Marvin Mims could pick up another 20 targets and all of a sudden be an absolute steal in the early second round. So I'm a big fan of Marvin Mims, and I'm going to go with him here. I have a real decision, and I haven't (laughs) – I was trying to kind of stall as long as I could to decide what I wanted to do with this pick. Um, I'm going to go – with the 204 here, I'm going to stick with Zach Charbonnet. And I'm going to stick with Charbonnet oh. to make a point here, which is, yes, this landing spot was pretty horrific. Okay, That's who I thought you wanted me to save you from. No, no, because I was going to have to take Quentin Johnston because, I, you know, he deserved to go that. The thing about Zach Charbonnet, the landing, like I said, the landing spot is not good. I think the positives you can take out of it 
are that clearly Seattle wants to run the ball. They want to prioritize the run, and that fits what Pete Carroll has done in the past, right? So you can bump up the rushing projection for Seattle a little bit. It makes things a little bit better. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is also an underrated pass catcher, so maybe they see him in that third down role in terms of being rotating, rotational and on the field. But at the end of the day, guys, when you get in a pinch like this, you can get really lost, you know, in the draft with with recency bias and what's just happened and landing spots swirling. You have to trust the talent sometimes. So that's why I'm making this pick. You hey, trust Matt, your, your guy eye. just went. Your guy yes. went. Parker Washington. The oh, there Jaguars. we go. There we go. A little behind the scenes here. Uh, <laughs> maybe he'll sneak into the fourth round here. But you have to trust the talent. You have to trust your evaluation. And, and Zach Charbonnet did get uh, – I think he was pick 51 overall. So borderline top 50 draft capital. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with my guy here. And, Cooper, I'll pass it off to you with the 205. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take an upside swing on Tajay Spears here. Okay. Uh, this is somebody that when you watch the tape, he is electric. He always makes the first guy miss, almost always. I mean, he's, it's remarkable how often he makes the first guy miss. And he's just – his change of direction, his acceleration, his burst – his movement skills are phenomenal. He's a little undersized, coming from the G5. Went round three, which is okay draft capital. Not great, not terrible. And uh, I think he's he's got a, an opportunity to be a change of pace for Derrick Henry this year and someone that lessens his workload as he ages and potentially could take over and be the lead back in that backfield. Derrick Henry's 29 years old. So uh, when I watch the tape, the guy that Tajay Spears reminds me of is Aaron Jones. So mm. I'm gonna All I'm right. gonna roll with Tajay Spears here, and we'll we'll see how it works out. I like it, John. Back to back picks here: two oh six, two oh seven. Have not been thrilled with the running back landing spots this year, and I'm going to make it three in a row. I'm going to make the pick here in right now based on looking at the depth chart and possible number of touches, I'm going Kendra Miller out of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I think he's in a good spot. We don't know about Alvin Kamara. It's an X factor. Will he play? He is getting older. How many touches can he handle? I like Kendra Miller here, so I'll take him and keep the running back. Now I'm going to end the running back. And I'm looking at wide receivers. I think there's three great tight ends, and we take them and all. There's no way I'm going to run a quarterback here, even though some people will make an argument for super flex. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with a highly ranked player I had who's got second-round draft capital. He's in a bad spot, Jaden Reed. I like him here. It's going to be hard for him to get touches immediately, but I love his film. He's got second-round draft capital, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, John, before I pass it uh, over to Cooper here, I, I thought Jaden Reed would go earlier. He actually, I, th- I thought he came out perfectly fine in the projections when I put him in there. Uh, now, that, that, that presumption, though, is that Jaden Reed is going to beat out Romeo Dubs on the outside, yes. which is a pretty safe presumption in my mind. So, and, and Reed has shown the ability to win downfield and get some touchdowns. So he actually came in like borderline wide receiver three, um, four territory for me, which I thought was pretty good for his draft capital. So um, I think you get a, a really good value there at 207, at least, you know, through the rookie big board lens. Uh, but Cooper, 208. 
Wow. So I just got sniped bad and I actually thought that I was going to be in the minority. So it actually makes me feel really good that both of you guys like Jaden Reed as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've yeah. got him all the way up at my wide receiver five right now. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I was high on him pre-draft, but I did not expect him to go round two. So that was a pleasant surprise in a draft where there have been very few pleasant surprises. He's one of my <laughs> biggest rises, risers. And I love that pick for you, John. So um, I'm going to take a guy who is a faller for me, but someone who I did love pre-draft and I like the landing spot, even though the draft capital was not ideal. I'm going to take Josh Downs. Yeah. So Josh Downs was my wide receiver three pre-draft. He's fallen down to my wide receiver six right behind Jaden Reed. So these guys are kind of neck and neck for me. And I love the spot. I feel like outside of Michael Pittman, it's a wide open competition for who's going to be the wide receiver two there. He can grow along with Richardson and be that always open security blanket for him. Love the tape. He's he's just a fantastic player. So third round, small. There's some outlier things that you're betting on there, but love the player, love the opportunity to get on the field right away. So Josh Downs. Yeah, he's – you uh you sniped me there, Cooper. I thought I was gonna get Josh Downs. And I love that you said he was your wide receiver three and he came down. He was my wide receiver eight pre-draft and he came up. So we 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 met in the middle there with there Downs. Uh, because the landing spot is great. It's a perfect landing spot. It's great weapons on the outside. I think he's going to get a good amount of targets playing in the slot there in Indianapolis, working the seam. Uh so so I think at 208, you know, Josh Downs would, would be a really fantastic value. I'm going to go ahead and take Cedric Tillman here. Uh, ooh, another ooh, King John Bouti went to the Patriots. Oh, okay. Bouti is off the board. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll see if he sneaks into the draft. Uh, so uh, uh, Cedric Tillman here going to uh, 209 here going to the Cleveland Browns. I like the NFL fit a lot. Um, I think he compliments what Amari Cooper and, uh, uh, there is a um, Elijah Moore are bringing to the Cleveland offense. So it'll be a question of volume to start, but it's a player that I liked pre-draft. He got decent draft capital. Um, and so I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and lean into that. Um, and then I'm going to go with Rashi Rice, um, you know, going to Kansas Ooh. City. There's just a ton of upside for this wide receiver. So again, you know, quarterbacks were on the board here for me. Uh, Will Levis is probably going off the board earlier, but I think Rashi Rice to Kansas City. There's too much upside with this pick to not go ahead and go for it here at the 210. Uh, and that, Cooper, that brings you up at the 211. All right. I'm going to go with a guy who went day two, one of the few running backs that went day two. And uh, someone that was my RB5 pre-draft, someone that I was already really high on, Tank Bigsby. I think yeah. he's got the chance to be the thunder to ETN's lightning. Uh, there are very few true bell cows in the NFL anymore, and I never really was under the illusion that Travis Etienne was one of those. So it's not surprising at all to me that they would want to bring in a guy to compliment him. I think they drafted Tank Bigsby not to be Travis Etienne's backup, but to have a role in this offense and to compliment him and to be on the field. So I love the player, and I think this is good value here. All right, one more pick in the second round, and that's going to be John's at 212, and he'll have the 301 as well. At 212, I'm going to, I started to fall in love with him about four weeks ago. He got much higher draft capital than I ever expected. I'm going to go Jonathan Mingo of the Carolina Panthers. I mean, 
Second, what what do we got? Second round pick eight. I yeah. mean, and I know, you know, I'm excited that Terrence Marshall might get a shot here. But man, I got a feeling that this new regime likes John Domingo to spend that much draft capital, especially after they acquired a, a rookie quarterback. So I'll take him. And what I'm going to do here, I'm just going to keep it for our viewers because I think in the third round in a super flex, I've got to do it. Not in love with them, but I think Will Levis has to go off the board late second, early third. It, I think it's the fair thing to do in a super flex. Tannehill, maybe one year left. So I think you got to take it here. He was the first pick in the second round. All right. Second round here, Sam Laporta, Quentin Johnston, Marvin Mims, Zach Charbonnet, Tajay Spears, Kendra Miller, 206, Jaden Reed, Josh Down, Cedric Tillman, Rashi Rice, Tank Bigsby, Jonathan Mingo, and Will Levis will start us off in the third round, and Cooper will keep us going through the third round. Yeah, I like that pick. I actually weirdly like Levis more now that he fell because, you know, <laughs> he was a projected top 10 guy. You know, the hype was out of control. The ADP was out of control. I was going to have nothing to do with him. And now I think, you know, it's appropriate for him to to be in the second round, to get a chance to develop behind Tannehill for a year. I think this is a better situation, honestly, for him than to have to start right away. So, anyway, uh, that being said, I'm going to lean back into this tight end class. I'm going to take Luke Musgrave. Ooh. Um, high pick. Great receiving upside. Uh, like what I see on tape from him, what little tape you can find because he was hurt a lot. But uh, the t- the Packers did a weird thing and kind of doubled up on tight end, which makes me a little nervous about this. It kind of has a weird like Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews type of feel to it where I'm like, which one of these guys is actually going to hit and be their tight end because they both are similar players but I'll take the one who was drafted first and the one who I had higher pre-draft and that's Luke Musgrave. Yeah. Packers also adding Jaden Reed and uh, Evian Wicks. It, it's been a really interesting draft where I think they're like, let's throw everything at the wall and see what Jordan love likes. Um, <laughs> although I think they could throw everything at the wall and <laughs> it won't help Jordan love, but that's a different uh, podcast for a different time. Um, you know, a, a good, um, I'm really debating my options here. There are definitely a few picks that I like. I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker to start, uh, you know, leading it to Superflex. I don't think 303, you know, I don't think he's getting much further than 303, especially, you know, the way this draft went. Levis just went off the board. Um, you know, I'm double checking here before I say this, but yeah, Hooker is still higher on, on my board than Will Levis. You know, I really believe that Hendon Hooker fell because of the injury, not because of the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in Detroit, you're looking at a situation where there's a realistic chance he's starting in a year from now, right? It's not guaranteed. But neither is Will Levis's job, right? And, you know, you're taking a third-round flyer. The upside for a starting quarterback in a super flex is just – it's going to be worth it. Um, at 304 here, I'm going to go Tank Dell. And Dang I did it. not think I would be the person taking Tank Dell. You know, I, I normally um, I normally shy away from smaller wide receivers. Um, you know, because in my head, you know, small wide receiver, you think of what Calvin Austin has or has not been able to do. You think of what Tutu Atwell has not been able to do in the NFL – but I do think Tank Dell is a little bit different than those guys. I think Tank Dell is a crisper route runner. Although he's fast, he doesn't just rely on his speed to separate, and he has really nice hands. There's also going to be a pretty good market opportunity there in Houston. You know, it's really John Mechie and aging Robert Woods. 
um, you know, Dalton Schultz, if you're into that, but then it's going to be Tank Dell. So I think it was more than a special teams pick, although he will certainly help out with special teams as well. It sounded like I sniped you, Cooper, so I hope I gave you enough time to recover. <laughs> you did snipe me. I definitely wanted Tank Dell. Uh, I think he's maybe the best route runner in this class. He's a fantastic player. If he wasn't small, we'd be talking about him much differently. And and he literally might be the most talented player, wide receiver on the Houston Texans right now because they don't have a whole lot. So love that pick. And I am going to – this is a steep drop-off here, I think. There's a tier break. You're getting into day three running backs. I'm going to go ahead and go with Roshan Johnson. And I don't feel great about it. But here's the thing. Chicago now has three guys in their running back room who are solid players. And none of them are difference makers. So Khalil Herbert, Foreman, and now Roshan Johnson. These guys are all players that you can plug into your lineup and they're going to be serviceable. And I don't think any of them is a difference maker. So I don't know how it's going to shake out. Like, is it going to be a three-way committee? Is one of these guys going to kind of rise to the surface and take that job? I think there's a real chance that Roshan can come in and earn a role right off the bat. So uh, day three, but decent landing spot and a player that I like. I had my RB10 pre-draft. So anyway, I don't feel great about it, but Roshan through. 306, 307, John. I'm going to look at someone who got much more draft capital than I expected. Third round. He was impressive at the senior bowl, but he's had serious injuries. And the depth chart is rather shallow. I'm going with Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals coming yeah. out of Stanford. I mean, if they trade Hopkins, you're looking at Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, and then Michael Wilson, a bunch of other guys. And I'm I'm not convinced Rondell Moore is a full-time NFL player. So I'll take Russ or Michael Wilson there. Now it gets a little hard because I was hoping Hendon Hooker would fall, but he is gone here. I'm going to go with a little bit of upside third round. Luke Schumacher, the tight end landed in Dallas. Um, let me, I know it's the tight end from Minnesota or um, from Wisconsin. The Jake number Ferguson. one. Yeah. The number one tight end currently on that depth chart is Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot from, I think Peyton Hendershot's from Indiana. Indiana. Yep. Yep. So I think Schumacher here going in the third round to Dallas with Dak Prescott and those wide receivers. I'll take a shot here in a, in a tight end premium. All right. 308 Cooper. No offense, John, but that's how we know that this draft has gotten ugly when we're taking Luke Schoenmaker. <laughs> no, no offense taken, my man. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we were commenting that when we did the pre-draft, we were saying, oh, it's round four, and there's still guys that I'm super excited to take, and it's not round four, and there's nobody that I'm excited to take. <laughs> so the draft has not been kind to us. I'm going to go with Chase Brown. Uh, this is a player that I – I liked his tape. He's explosive, some receiving upside. There's also glaring holes in his game. He's not very physical. His pass protection's not good. He's a little undersized. So um, this is a guy that has really strong traits and some really weak ones as well. He goes day three. 
But I like the landing spot with Cincinnati. I think, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty around Mixon, and we've seen Chase Brown carry a bell cow role uh, this year in college. So a little upside dart throw here on Chase Brown. Yeah, man, maybe it's just me, but I'm sitting here staring at the board because I'm still having to make tough choices. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 309. I'm going to go with Darnell Washington. It sounded like his fall was injury-based in that Pittsburgh wasn't as concerned with the injury. You know, obviously you have to navigate Pat Fairmuth in this offense, right, and how Darnell Washington fits into that. But at 309, I'm going to lean into that risk because Darnell Washington was somebody I would have taken in the mid-second round pre-draft. Um, so I'm happy to go ahead and go for that spot here. There's two my guys that I want to take here, um, and I'm just trying to figure out which one I'm going to go with. Uh, let's start here with uh, Charlie Jones. I-, I like the Charlie Jones landing spot. Um, it- it's late third round. You know, uh, it's interesting to me. We've talked a lot about in Cincinnati about, you know, that wide receiver room and are they going to be able to keep all these guys around? Well, Charlie Jones's skill set reminds me a lot of Tyler Boyd's skill set, right? And Tyler Boyd has been a really solid fantasy player for us the last, what, four years, you know, in terms of being kind of a flex level guy. So if Charlie Jones can step in and either take that role on now or in the future, uh, you know, that's going to be a pretty good return on value there at 310. So we'll pass it to Cooper here at 311. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take one of my guys, and that's Tyler Scott. So I was really high on him pre-draft. He fell further than I wanted him to into, uh, I believe he went round four. So I was hoping for, for a day two, but that didn't happen. But the landing spot isn't terrible. I think outside of Darnell Mooney, there's really nobody that's super established in Chicago. I mean, you got Chase Claypool, who they gave up a lot to get, but he really hasn't done anything for them. And then basically nothing after those guys. So there's some opportunity to get on the field quick. He's a player that I really like. Actually, I I kind of tweeted earlier with the little Spider-Man pointing meme with (laughs) Tyler Scott and Darnell Mooney because I feel like they're very, very similar players. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out if he gets on the field. But I like the player, so take the pick. Yeah, that was the difficult part of doing the Tyler Scott projection is that it did seem like it was very similar to Darnell Mooney. All right, John, one more pick in the third round here, 312, and then you'll carry us into the fourth. So I'm going to give you – there's no way I'm following draft capital for Trey Tucker. You can't make me do it, and I'm not going to do it. I know he's a third-round wide receiver to the Raiders. I am not taking Trey Tucker here. (laughs) So I'm going to go with – Two running backs who I like, and we know it's a volatile position in the running back. So I'm going to finish the round with Eric Gray. Oh, get out of here. Come on. I think sitting behind Saquon Barkley. my guy. I don't like anyone else in in New York right now in Big Blue. I'm going to take Eric Gray. You never know. He might get on the field. And – Hey, he obviously fell as far as anyone in my rankings, but I think he's better than Bam Knight. I think I knew this was coming. We got yeah, that one. We knew it's coming. We don't know Brees Hall. Top of the fourth round. I I'll take Israel Abandakanda of the New York Jets. Man, yeah, I knew I shouldn't have waited on Eric Gray. All right. I, you know, it's in a good spot. Both. 
Both of these guys, though, John, are the perfect example of you're not going to get perfect running back situations, especially on day three, right? So you have to project forward. You have to look at it and say, okay, if the top guy misses time, can Mm -hmm. this guy step up and be a productive 200-touch guy, right? And and with both Eric Gray and and Izzy, I think you're going to get that. All right, so that brings us to the fourth round here. So quick recap on the third round. Uh, it was Will Levis, Luke Musgrave, Hendon Hooker, uh, Tank Dell, Roshan Johnson, Michael Wilson at 306, Luke Schoonmaker, uh, Chase Brown, Darnell Washington, Charlie Jones, Tyler Scott, Eric Gray. Uh, fourth round, guys, let's move through this fourth round a little quickly here uh, so we can make sure to be timely with our final mock draft. Cooper, you are on the board with 402. Okay, I am going to take Tucker Craft. I'll complete the Green Bay tight end. <laughs> pairing and uh then no matter which one hits i'm covered so maybe neither of them will hit but tucker craft will do it all right well i'm gonna stick in green bay uh i'm gonna go with wicks i like dontavian wicks a lot um in the pre-draft process he didn't test fantastic um but he did land i think in an opportunity to to have some legitimate volume here so i'm gonna go ahead and take and take him Let's see. Let's see. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna go for it here um, with my next pick, and I'm gonna take Puka. I'm, I'm just gonna go for it because it's the fourth round, fellas. Go, go ahead and take your guys. Obviously, didn't get the draft capital, but he did sneak into my early day three draft capital bucket, um, and. I haven't put him in the projections yet because it happened live while we were recording this. So we'll, we'll see how it works out, but he's my guy and Cooper. I'll pass it back to you here at four Oh five. Super flex. I'm going to go ahead and take a dart throw on Stetson Bennett. I think, um, you know, he landed with the Rams. There's been all kinds of questions swirling around Stafford. Is he going to retire? Is he healthy? Uh, Didn't play a lot of this past year. So, I think there's a strong bounce back candidate for Stafford this year, but past this year, who knows? And Stetson Bennett was a good college player, you know, reads the defense well, accurate, mobile. So who knows? Maybe he could be a bridge quarterback or maybe he could even find himself starting in a year. So we'll throw the dart. All right. Two picks for you here, John. Fascinating. Zach Evans is still available, but I can't draft him here. He might be an undrafted free agent. We're in the middle of the sixth round. So he's interesting, but I can't draft him when he's not on a team. I'm going to go with a player who might in 2024 have an opportunity to flash a little bit. He just got drafted, but I liked him in pre-draft process. Trey Palmer of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hey, if Mike Evans is what, eight straight thousand yard seasons, a little bit old in the tooth, maybe he gets an opportunity down the road. So I'll take him there. So then we go, I look at the tight ends. I'm not in love with any of the tight ends. You know, I think I have to go run a wide receiver again here. And the wide receiver, you can't make me do it, Kayshawn Booty. I won't do it. I'm going to go Parker Washington, who just got drafted. He has a shot here. I, I think he's he's got some opportunity for target share. All right. John is just taking all of my guys. Parker <laughs> Washington, Eric Gray. You know, you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. All right, Cooper, 408 here. Your second to last pick. I'll fall on the sword that you wouldn't fall on. I'll take Kayshawn Boutte. <laughs> uh, 
sixth round draft pick, uh, which was a little bit predictable. Uh, and we know what the issues are and it's not his talent. It's all kinds of stuff going on in his head and whatever. So um, sneaky good spot with the Patriots. I mean, there's like no good wide receivers there. And if anybody can straighten him out, it would be Bill Belichick. So why not? End of round four, Keishon Boutte. All right. Uh, there is a tight end that I like that's still left, and that's Cameron Latu. Um, he got he got round three draft capital, the very end of round three. You know, obviously he's not going to come in and take Kittle's job right away, but he, he has good athleticism. He's willing to get physical in the blocking game. You know, he's not George Kittle, but, you know, he kind of comes from a similar mold, so I, I get why the 49ers liked him. And, you know, at the back end of the fourth round here, I think it's worth taking the shot on him. There's one more tight end that I like, but I don't know if I want to finish a draft taking back-to-back tight ends. That just feels <laughs> kind of gross. Um, uh, but you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it here. I'm going to take Payne Durham. I-, I like Payne Durham. I was a little bit higher on him through the whole pre-draft process, I feel like, than most. You know, early day three draft capital, it was fine. He lands with Tampa Bay. There is some opportunity there. You know, I like Kate Otten, but there's not an established veteran that's going to keep Payne Durham off the field. So I, I guess we're finishing up with two tight ends. Cooper, you're up here at 411. All right. I'll take Evan Hull. I think um, end of the fifth round, not a lot of upside there, but he's got a three down skill set. He can be a solid handcuff to Jonathan Taylor. Can't ask for much better than a solid handcuff at the end of the fourth round. So. The final pick, John, the final pick of our first post-NFL draft rookie mock draft, the first post-NFL draft rookie mock draft. John, what are you going to do? I think I finished our other draft off with a quarterback, so I think we got to take a quarterback too. And I can't believe I'm going to do this right now, but it's the opportunity on the lack of the depth chart. I'm taking Clayton Toon, who ended up in Arizona. He has similar skills. Matt, I'm killing Matt here. But he looks like a like a Kyle Murray light without the, you know, the skills, the heart, the, the upper end athletic ability. But I look at the quarterback, dual threat quarterback ended up in Arizona. That depth chart's pretty meager. And Murray shouldn't play for at least the first six weeks. So I'll take Clayton Toon. I knew I should have taken Jake Hayner. I just let I just let Clayton Toon and Stetson Bennett go in a rookie draft that Jake Hayner didn't go in. This is my <laughs> fault. Hayner would have been my next pick for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, All I right, did, five rounds. Let's I keep debated, it going. No. I debated <laughs> no. between Hayner, but the question was the rushing upside. He has none. So I just took Toon. That's fair. And, Clay, and I believe Colt McCoy is technically the starter right now. So – there we have it here for the first post NFL rookie mock draft here. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, drop your questions in the comments. We want to help you out. Or you can just leave some reactions here if you did or didn't like our picks. Make sure you're subscribed, whether you're listening, whether you're watching. Uh, and definitely make sure if you need rookie help, you want to take advantage of our rankings, take advantage of our Discord personalized advice and the 100-plus page rookie guide, which I am logging off of this video to go ahead and finish up so it's ready for everybody's rookie drafts starting on Sunday. As always, we appreciate you checking out this episode of The Rookie Big Bull.